I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. I'm just oh. going to say it differently every single time I say it. That's my new theory. On I like that one. That one was good, though. I like Thank that. you. That was my, I'm leaning back with my cup of tea. Greetings, travelers. Oh, yeah. A cup of tea. Oh, my gosh. You can't, can't lean back with a cup of tea. I mean, that was the, the whole point of, well, we did go to war for tea. So. We did. There was a Boston Tea Party. Yep. You know, yeah. I'm going over to Ireland. They I mean, they, they were taxing tea. our tea. You know, the next thing you know, they'd be taxing our income. You know, that would be ridiculous. That would be so... <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> oh, Mark, how the hell are you? I am uh, well. It is... Uh, we are in our uh, middle of our nine months of summer here in Tampa Bay. And, yes. um, you know, it's... 96 every day feels like 157 and uh oh it's 80 know. degrees here and it's partly sunny what man what? so yeah, we had two hobbits throwing a ring into my driveway the other day it's you know it's crazy so yeah well, i tried to tell them that wouldn't work but they don't believe me hey, it melted it i don't know <laughs> that, that's true that's true we are celebrating the united states uh independence day are we not yeah. today Huh? We declare our it, independence. It, it, yeah, when we when we destroyed the aliens that were trying to destroy us. Yeah, you know, that's, we that's out, what we're talking about, right? Is the destroyed aliens? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we listened to President Bill Pullman. You know, give yes. that amazing address that uh, you know galvanized the world, man. So this is no. true. <laughs> Hashtag true story. But what? Yeah. Um. So. No, but it is it is the 4th of July. This episode is airing on the 4th of July. I, uh, I think we should start with, I have breaking real news and breaking paranormality news. So we should oh, do some breaking news. Let's do breaking news. Okay, the breaking news. We've got an answer. UFOs catch Congress's interest. What? So there's, um, we put a couple links, I think one to the Hill and one to Politico, but basically, um, you know, lawmakers used to laugh about UFOs. So now there are some questions. So it turns out, apparently, this is a long article, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there have been even some recent presidents who've come out, you know, ex-presidents who've been like, yeah, we we don't actually know how that moved, but I can't say anything, Right, right. So there is a committee um, that Senator uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo, right? Did uh, I say that Marco right? Rubio. Marco Rubio. Um, he's one of um, eight selective lawmakers who have privy on this intelligence committee and said um, that he has no reason to believe that the report will give any credence to theories about extraterrestrials, right? Right. Um, but the report will detail advanced technologies that we don't possess that are re in rest our restricted airspace space almost nightly. Yeah. 
So this is goes back to those congressional hearings we've been having, uh, you know, and, uh, you know about a, you know from the AARO, which is our new Project Blue Book, and yeah. um, I'm not going to go into what it all stands for because it's all gobbledygook. It's word salad, and uh, you know, and you know they're investigating UAPs, not UFOs, and and all this stuff. But the cool thing is, is they're passing a bill, and it has bipartisan support. We'll see if it makes it to the president's desk which is banning all funding for reverse engineering alien stuff in private. So they're like, this stuff should be shared with the public if we have this. Now, they're not saying we do, but the fact that they're passing this bill is crazy. The fact that the bill is even up is yeah. crazy, in my opinion. So no, you know, in my lifetime, I never thought we'd get to this stuff. I think I'm, we're getting close to disclosure. Something well, we're going to give. I'm telling you, it's going to be catastrophic in the way it's delivered because there is no way to do it that's not going to cause people to go nuts. No matter how it happens, when it happens, people are going to go crazy because it, it's there. There's so much of it. It's there. It's just whether or not anybody will point to it and go, yeah, we know what that is or well, we don't know not, what that is. I love that you can now call conspiracy theories spoilers. Yeah, so, <laughs> we should know. stop calling them conspiracy theories. We should call them spoiler alerts. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> Hashtag spoiler alert. Um, yep. Okay, so so that's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. Which I am excited to see how that goes. Yes, part of what you're going to talk about. But before we go into that, um, I want to talk about um, uh, uh, Project Delphos, right? Hmm. UFO in interdimensional beings, right? Okay. So this is news. It's in Paranormality Magazine. In 1994, a group of European UFO researchers and authors converged um, at a monastery in Valencia, Spain, to discuss their alternative approach to study UFOs, right? Hmm. Um, it was dubbed the Project Delphos Manifesto, and it was done to promote a single line of research. Mm. I'm only bringing this up because this content, you have to be a subscriber on Paranormality right. Magazine, sign up and use the code TRAVELS and get a discount. But I think this is going to tie into what we're seeing with this new revelation. Yeah. With the, you know, because yeah. they kind of talked about it and went, Hey, we should do, a, we should kind of like get this all together so we're all on the same page. And then um, now Congress is kind of like, we should probably get this together on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like that they're finally like, you know what? We've, we've been doing this in private. We've been doing this in government without, you know, with gov only government oversight. Let's, yeah, let's, this should be, you know, public sector stuff. This should be, you know, you know, private sector stuff. So it's like, all right, let's, let's do that. I agree. I think this is the kind of thing that leads to better things. It's, you know, we talk about, you know, the great inventions, you know, like Velcro was NASA invention, you know, and things like that. These things that changed our lives all come from government programs, but that are let private industry perfect them. And I think that's what hopefully this leads to so well it well it's just ripping that band-aid off so hashtag yep. spoiler alert let's let's <laughs> let's treat the aliens but 
in our 4th of July episode, you have some interesting news from one of our founding fathers. Do you not speak of presidents? Yeah, see, it's it's one of those, we could have gone either way. You have 4th of July is big for all us uh, people on the fringe sciences here because this is also the week of the Roswell crash. You know, it was July 2nd. Yeah. You know, so I, I figured a lot of shows will be going off on that tangent. So I thought we would go a bit more founding fathers. Hey, you know, it's... Um, and one of the greatest battles in history also occurred, you know, that shaped our country on this great weekend. And that would be the Battle of Gettysburg. And so we're going to go into both of these things today. But I really want to start with something that's been getting traction in recent years. And that comes from our wonderful favorite source, Ancient Aliens on the History Channel. Um they did Speaking an episode. Of hashtag spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some, 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 yes. Some, some, not so much. So this is one of those ones. Not so much. Uh, yo, I don't know. It's all right. So this is a narrative that was, you know, brought into the show and they don't really show its origin, its proper origins in the show and that's one of the ones that i think this hurts them when they do stuff like this because i think they've got some genuine interesting stuff but then when they do something like this it kind of muddies the water okay i mean it's entertainment remember it's hollywood but rather than you know this uh you know the 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 way they present it i'm going to present it a little bit um as it would have been presented to you, let's say you're in 1850s, 1860s, just before Civil War, and okay. or even shortly thereafter. You know, or I'm not during. dressed appropriately for that right now, but I'll, I'll go with you. All okay. right. Yeah. You get this. You see this. All right. And this is handed to you in a pamphlet. And it starts with, um, the last time I ever saw Anthony Sherman was on the 4th of July in 1859 in Independence Square. He was then 99 years old. His dimming eyes rekindled as he gazed upon Independence Hall, which we had come to visit once more. And he says, I want to tell you of an incident in Washington's life to which no one alive knows except of myself, and which if you live, you will before long see verified. So I just, I need to clarify, as you know me, I need to clarify. Yes. So first of all, going back to what you said earlier, we talked about this a little bit on the mermaids episode where right. we need programs to be very clear if there is no proof or there's nothing that they're drawing or saying that they don't know what this is, but here's what people are saying. You've got to be very clear Right. going on and going no this you can say i believe but you don't go on and say this is a fact if you right. don't know it's a fact for realsies right right um secondly i again i'm not dressed appropriately for the 1800s but i'm going back with you anyway just be aware in case things go wonky this person who told this man this tale back then was 99 years old yes like that that i call a revolutionary a war veteran 
Nope, call him bullshit. All right. Bullshit. But anyway, okay. All right. And he says, from the opening of, of the revolution, we experienced all phases of fortune, good and ill. Okay. And the darkest period we ever had, I think, was when Washington, after several reverses, retreated to Valley Forge, where he resolved to pass the winter of 1777. I often saw tears coursing down our dear commander's careworn cheeks as he conversed with a confidential officer about the condition of his soldiers. And you often heard that Washington would often go to the thicket to pray. Well, he used to pray to God in secret for aid and comfort. Well, um. this story goes on to say one day he went off to pray. And when he comes out, he looked paler than usual. Okay. And it was something very much on his mind. And he dispatched an orderly and, and he says, I don't know whether it's due to the anxiety of my mind or what, but this afternoon, as I was preparing a dispatch, something seemed to disturb me. Looking up, I beheld standing opposite me a singularly beautiful being. So astonished was I, for I had given strict orders not to be disturbed, that it was some moments before I found language to inquire the cause of the visit. She was at a loss for words, right? The singular being standing. A second, a third, and an even fourth time did I repeat my question, but received no answer from my mysterious visitor except a slight raising of the eyes. By this time, I felt strange sensations spreading through me, and I would have risen, but the riveted gaze of the being before me rendered volition impossible. I essayed once more to speak, but my tongue had become useless, as though it had become paralyzed. A new influence, mysterious, potent, irresistible, took possession. All I could do was gaze steadily, vacantly at my unknown vis visitor. Gradually, the surrounding atmosphere seemed to become filled with sensations and grew luminous. Everything about me seemed to rarefy, including the mysterious visitor. You following us so far? Okay, this is George Washington proclaiming this to somebody else. To this one guy. Yeah, you know, and his, so and his it's only one straight. person he went up and he's like, Hey, so um, let me tell you the thing that just happened. Yeah, like, that's what I feel like. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so let me tell you about this thing I saw, right? So I so it continues. I began to feel as one dying, or rather to experience the sensations which I have sometimes imagined accompany dissolution. I did not think, I did not reason, I did not move. All were alike impossible. I was only conscious of gazing fixedly, vacantly at my companion. Presently, I heard a voice saying, son of the Republic, look and learn. While at the same time, my visitor extended an arm eastwardly. I now beheld a heavy vapor at some distance rising fold upon fold. This gradually dissipated, and I looked about upon a strange scene. Before me lay spread out on one vast plain all the countries of the world, Europe, Asia, Africa, and America. I saw, saw rolling and tossing between Europe and America, the billows of the Atlantic, 
and between Asia and America lay the Pacific. Okay, okay. I, you're losing me here, but continue. Yeah. I, All right, this so. Seems completely ridiculous. So at this point, the son of the Republic, same as the mysterious voices before, look and learn. And he shows a shadowy being as an angel floating in midair between Europe and America. And he casts, picks up water out of the ocean and throws it on Europe. And a cloud immediately raises from these countries and joins mid-ocean. And then it envelops America in its murky folds, sharp flashes of lightning. And all I heard was smothered groans and the cries of the American people. And then they drink sprinkles water again and it this just goes on it's very poetic as you as you can see and i'm not going to read the rest of this because this goes on and on and on so basically what happens is everybody says um washington's taken by aliens and he's shown the world and he's can look down upon it and see all this and it's called washington's vision and it was published in a book called The Soldier's Casket, which was kind of more like a Reader's Digest type book, right? Okay. It was for Union veterans of the Civil War. And, and it comes out and it's basically saying, you know, this is how Washington sees this. It even shows him, you know, saving the, you know, America for the world and how America will save the world and, and all now this I'm stuff. I'm curious what other poppycock is in this book look i used the word from back then yay poppycock that's a good poppycock because yeah, yeah, yeah. this so, seems okay you continue I, this is I, it goes on and on and on but basically uh, uh the end of it is you know he's like you know while the stars remain and the heavens send down uh, send down dew upon the earth so long shall the union last and he uses the word union and then says, you know, amen at the end. So it's very yeah. angelic. And the ancient aliens guys are saying it's very angels, right? It's very, it's, it's not angels, it's aliens. Aliens are showing Washington, you have to survive. You have to save the union. But okay. that's the word that gets me, the union, right? And this was published in the 1860s. So, um, and that soldier's casket is the first time it's really seen. Uh, although there were some people think there are some pamphlets of this before then. And the guy who wrote it was a guy named Charles Wesley Alexander. And he also wrote under the pseudonym of Wesley Bradshaw, which is where I saw this the first time. And imagine, you know, 1861, outbreak of the civil war you got union republic praying to god for secret aid during the darkest days of the american revolution being visited by an angel who'll show him various wars that america's going to win including the war of 1812 which had just finished you know so this is this is this crazy is this is this is what do we call it propaganda not yeah so cock. i think poppycock is a totally acceptable word for this right yeah. but basically this is saying that 
George Washington saw an angel or an alien? What is it trying to indicate? In the, the at the t- contemporary of the time would have been an angel, but like I said, now we're all about aliens. So ancient aliens use this as oh, this is one of you know, aliens saved the union. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, it's made America. Um, so I hate to debunk guys, but there this guy also wrote several other vision pieces that are dream pieces uh from various historic american figures and they would have been printed in various newspapers during the civil war civil war and then later you know sold in the soldier's casket wow and so that's why there's this you know what's funny is this the guy charles alexander right Mm -hmm. would write about how awesome wesley bradshaw is in oh. his writings <laughs> so that would be very much stephen king writing about how great richard bachman is wow or uh but ancient aliens yeah. cited this as george washington interacted with aliens with aliens yes and oh, wow. um yeah well, so, you know maybe that would ease the country into a better state of being when aliens finally do surface to go well you know George Washington was interacting with them, so yeah. And it's a uh, thing. one of his one of his other books is called uh, one of his other broadsheets is called General McClellan's Dream, and it's talking about where the general of the Union Army, General George McClellan, fell asleep at his desk and is woken up by a vision of George Washington, who admonishes him for sleeping at his post, and then tells him about secret rebel plans that he needs to act on to prevent. Washington DC from falling into Confederate hands. You know, and this guy also wrote about um a demonic English lady who fought along the side of the Confederacy. And then she fought with unions, a female Union soldier who had superpowers. So I don't know if this guy's really on the up and up. <laughs> wow. That's um I want to see that story, right? <laughs> I totally want to see that story. Like, yes, please, please but, make that happen. Now, what's funny, where the final nail in the coffin of this is that, you know, the guy who supposedly told Bradshaw this story was Anthony Sherman, right? There okay. was an Anthony Sherman who did serve in the Revolutionary War, but he was never with Washington at Valley Forge. He was with Benedict Arnold uh, in Saratoga at the time. So, um, so I think, you know, it's not like this guy had access to Google or Freedom of Information Act or even really good history books. So, um, but it was, it's an expression on a theme that America can't be conquered by external enemies. You know, it can only be, you know, it was, it was basically, you know, hey, let's, let's propaganda this. Let's say, stop, you know, the Civil War. This really started circulating after the Civil War during Reconstruction, where we're trying to ease the wounds and all this and we're like look george washington you know saw us going through all this and you know we should you know it's crazy it's that's just nuts i mean uh don't get me wrong and i think it's interesting because you know you look back at what we've talked about this on a couple of episodes right like we talked about that on 
the Roanoke episode, right? right? Things that were written down because, and it's true even today, you can see things written that it's not very clear what the intent was behind it, where there it was coming from or who the audience even was that they wanted to have that, right? So you write this thing and go, okay, by the way, if you want to get everybody believing in the church, which was a huge theme for the freedom of this country, right? To practice the religions they wanted to practice, Protestant, um, is, you know, God. So, of course, you know, an angel coming and telling George Washington all of this just feeds more into some of this religious belief system or desire to have everybody believe this same thing, you know, and, but, but really, but yeah. really, and right. Yeah. Right. Cause it's yeah, no, no. Cause yeah. George Washington never wrote about seeing aliens. Correct. No. He and used to keep yeah. journals. Well, this is, this is where it gets kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of crazy. Right. Is because supposedly um that uh this uh guy in scotland right he finds a by a, a diary of george washington that was seized by the british and in that diary it talks about this incident Okay, and it talks about another incident where he was again visited by the Greenskins, which are native a native tribe that was advanced and gave him scouting information and gave him important information and all this. And so a lot of people go by saying, "Oh, well, this guy who wrote about this, this was you know 2014 ish when this guy started finding this stuff." You know, obviously, you know, he's got access to things that we don't because this was British, but he has yet to show this to anyone. And it's one of those, we can't test it. We can't test this theory. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of those, oh, he's protecting it to keep it safe from falling into the wrong hands where it might get destroyed, like, like George Washington's entries of that in the U.S. version of his diary, which are missing pages here and there. So... For well, some here's that thing. happens. Paper was shorthanded. People would tear a sheet out of a book to write notes and stuff. Washington's well, that and people can be sick or busy or things. I mean, as much as you know, a lot of people are good at keeping track of things. Sometimes you just get busy. You know, it yeah. can happen. Sometimes it just exists that way. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So the the greenies and or the greenskins. They lived in a glowing globe in the center of the woods and and again near near valley forge it's always valley forge where these stories always take place because you know that was when we were at our worst and, yeah and uh he's you know even he says that his book's missing a couple pages so and it's just one of those you know, supposedly it's hovering at one point and he still thinks there's more, sur you know, more pages that are going to surface. Yeah. Imagine that. Right. Well, how many so, years has it been in the pages not surfaced? Yeah. Because th uh, this first started in 
I'm sorry, started in 2008 was when he first started coming up with this stuff. Oh, wow. Um, well, the, the new diary. So I call bullshit. So, <laughs> I'm calling bullshit. And with that bullshit, we're going to take a break. All right. Eerie Appalachia. Gear up for a frightful jaunt into the darkest reaches of the ancient Appalachians. Folks deep within the Appalachian hollers lean close to the campfire to share stories of the inexplicable with hushed awe. Monsters rumbling in the hills, strange lights darting through the pitch black night sky, horrible occurrences almost ineffable in their bizarre tragedy. Tall tales, you might say. Tell that to the Flatwoods monster in Braxton County, West Virginia, or the Goat Man of Louisville. Look into his humanoid eyes and let him know you don't believe. What of those apparitions in Mammoth Cave's Corpse Rock or the Satan spawn known as the Jersey Devil? How do you respond when confronted by these mysteries? From the metaphysical energy that swirls near Serpent Mound in Ohio to Point Pleasant's Mothman Legacy, Mark Muncie and Carrie Schultz explore the dark history lurking in the shadows of Appalachia. Read by Mark Muncy, author and experts on strange folklore with appearances on shows such as Ancient Aliens, The Curse of Robert the Doll, and many, many more. Greetings, mortals and others. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. I work with haunted attractions all over the U.S., Canada, and Europe to increase audiences and enhance their experience with highly effective commercials, narrations, animatronic character voices, whatever your dark heart desires. Let me help you do more, scare more, profit more. Find out more at Voice From Hell on Facebook and at voicefromhell.com. I feel like we're going to continue the bullshit from the previous bullshit break we took. So everybody, well, I hope. The one yeah. thing is the the scientist who was researching this or the historian, I'm sorry, not scientist, uh, says that, uh, you know, the reason the diary was misplaced for years was it wasn't in Washington's handwriting. And uh, his explanation was, well, Washington often dictated and he had a military secretary, a Lieutenant Johnson, and these pages are definitely in his handwriting. Well, so this, I'm going to be George Washington. Dear diary, Mark, write this down. I'm, I'm I <laughs> Whatever happened. Ah, uh, no. Uh, it's kind of like the Roanoke, Roanoke um, stones. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think maybe one might be real and the others aren't. Yeah. This is another thing. I mean, so. I, we know he journaled or he di had a diary. But diaries were very personal things back then. They weren't like, let me have somebody write in this diary. You right. wrote personal thoughts in a diary. And a lot of the presidents were very well known for keeping diaries and keeping track of things and having their version of history told, keeping in mind their version of how they saw history going, right? Right. I mean, Abraham Lincoln had the Lincoln letters, like which we'll do an episode on at some point. But um I, I could totally believe that. But again, it's a person's perspective. Yes, they were a president on their version of events and what was happening. I don't think there'd be some mysterious diary written in somebody else's handwriting that happens to say aliens. And then you go, look, this is George Washington's, obviously. Yeah. Now, his ghost, George Washington's ghost, has been spotted numerous times over the years. Of course, he's kind of like, you know, 
Elvis slept here down here in uh in Tampa Bay. It's all Babe Ruth's ghost or Jack Kerouac's ghost is everywhere. Every because they went all over the place. So of course, that's where they you know their ghosts are. Or Al Capone. Al Capone's the other famous ghost down here because every building has a secret tie to Al Capone. But we know he came here in secret. We don't know much about it. That's why it's easy to say, oh, our house is haunted by Al Capone. But uh, George Washington is that's the Northeast. For George Washington, he's everywhere in the original colonies, and but if he was anywhere, it's going to be Mount Vernon, right? That's his. That was his yeah. home. Yeah. And now the most famous account of his ghost there. Now this surfaces, you know what? You know, late nineteenth century during uh, the big spike in spiritualism. Um, this was Josiah Quincy the third. Uh, who is related to John Quincy Adams and all that fun stuff. Um, isn't everybody? He, isn't everybody. <laughs> so in 1806, he visited Mount Vernon, at, which was now in the hands of George Washington's nephew, who I think was the great name of Bushrod Washington, which I yes. thought was one of the best names ever. Why aren't more kids named Bushrod now? Uh, you know, well, Let's bring that back, that. travelers. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> So Quincy's son states that while he's staying the night in the Washington's bedchamber, his father did see Washington. Um, and he saw basically they were allowed to go into Washington's tomb and the velvet cover of his coffin was torn. And there were all these relic hunters basically just ripping into anything the founding fathers uh, all of our founding fathers' graves. We were just so hungry for tourist dollars that you know we we ripped up all their graves and stuff. And so this is why his ghost was unsettled, you know, supposedly. And now there's preservation work going on and all that. And you can always go to Mount Vernon and visit it. And then of course some people say Valley Forge, of course. But we're gonna go into something else, right? That okay. uh well, I just want to clarify something because yeah. as um, I have decided that I want to be a ghost that is not being whoever I was, but I want to be a ghost that um, is Elvis sometimes and Marilyn Monroe other times. You be a cosplay but ghost. I want to be a cosplay ghost. Yes. yes. Well, I think we need to bring. You want to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think more ghosts should be cosplay ghosts. And yes. maybe they are. Because I think a lot of people go, obviously, this was obviously, this is how we have folklore, my friends. Yeah. Um, this was, you know, Elvis ate a chili dog here once. So obviously, that's the ghost that's in the bathroom is Elvis because he ate a chili dog here once. And, you know, I've yes. seen the ghost and the ghost looks like Elvis. I bet there are ghosts that cosplay as other ghosts. That that would be fun. That's That's very Terry Pratchett. I think he would, you know, he would, he would approve of ghosts pretending to be other. See, ghosts. I could pretend to be Terry Pratchett. Oh yeah. There you go. Man, just wear the hat. I you can know? cosplay as Terry Pratchett. See, yeah. as a ghost. Yeah. Um, there I think go. that this, we should have this be a thing. I want to know which ghost cosplay as other ghosts because, <laughs> you know, people say they see certain people and I, I believe a spirit. I believe this is yeah. proven. I believe that spirits can get trapped and stuff. And every now and then the spirit you think is trapped or was killed or had traumatic death or whatever, you know, um, could be tied to a place. But sometimes I just wonder if they're just, they're kind of passing through. There's ley lines. We haven't covered those yeah. all over That's the coming. place, right? That's coming. 
that's coming, but who knows? But I think we should bring this back. So we're we're cosplay ghosts. Yeah, I want to I want to be a ghost that cosplays as other ghosts. I am all in. Okay, I'm all in. All right. So one of the most famous or infamous incidents of Washington's ghosts showing up is at another major turning point. And again, I kind of gotta you know take this with the grain of salt over the shoulder that uh you know that uh we you know this could be something because this one was interesting so let's say let, let, let's let's google up the the famous battle that took place on this weekend and that okay. would be gettysburg right google yes. that up you're just gonna see battlefield stories you know and pictures of battlefields because they were actually one of the first time photography was used on the battlefield and all that. And you'll see some of the pictures of the parks. You might see the movie uh, from, you know, that uh, Ted Turner classics did. And, but you'll also see tons and tons and tons of ghost hunters and ghost videos and ghost stories and ghost you, tales. You, you left one thing out though. What? The people who reenact the oh, Battle the of Gettysburg. Yes, yes. The cosplayers. Yeah, the cosplayers. Yeah. Yeah. The Battle of Gettysburg happened from July 1st, 1863 to July 3rd, 1863. Right? Yes. So, town of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Yep. So this was a town of about, oh gosh, 2,500 in Pennsylvania. At, you know, a little bit. It had a college had a little bit of businesses and honestly it really hasn't grown that much except for tourism yeah <laughs> it's i think it's now i think it's still less than ten thousand people live there so um so you know 100 and some odd years and it's still you know kind of a sleepy little town except there was so many dead and so many tragically died there in a, a battle you know brother against brother this is the great War between the states, the Civil War. It's. Um, I just looked up fun facts. Do you want to know how many? I, I haven't. I, I think I know, but go ahead, tell me. Okay, so a hundred and sixty-five thousand six hundred and twenty soldiers. Yes. Ninety-three thousand nine twenty-one on the Union, seventy-one thousand six hundred ninety-nine on the Confederate. Yep. Total casualties, and keep in mind, this is in three. Days. days and this is the people yep. that died not including the wounded but the people that died was 51,112 yeah insanity in this one little area think about how many people how many soldiers we lost in um you know world war ii is not is is approaching the number of this one battle you know yeah. how many people we lost in all of uh the battles for you know the war for afghanistan the war in iraq all that doesn't even come close to that number of people that we lost in three days yeah no it's true now i will say i'm going to put a little caveat to what we're yeah. saying here is we're talking about deaths in the united uh, states american soldiers yes yes soldiers. not Sorry. deaths because there were military deaths uh, where about 25 million died in world yeah. war ii yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so there's a lot of 
loss. So yeah, a lot of losses. No, I'm just saying, you know, you know, on uh, as American soldiers, you know, blood. Yes. Yeah. So um, anyway, so Gettysburg, you know, of course, ghost stories galore, right? It's so many unfinished business, so many angry ghosts, so many poltergeist activity, all that stuff. It's, you know, it's again, it's like St. Augustine. It's become a, you know, it's a cultural touch point. But the very first documented ghost is before the battle. But it what? supposedly turns the tide of the, it's actually during the battle, right? What? All right. So there is this, there is one rocky outcropping just south of Gettysburg. And there's a bigger one right next to it. And on July 2nd, there was these two hills. And there was, one was called Little Round Top and one was called Big Round Top. And there's this, I'm not going to go into full history of this. I could go, I, I'm such a big Savor buff. I could give you the full history of Gettysburg and all that. I'm not going to be that guy who talks about, you know, the Alabama Brigade of Hood's Division commanded by Brigadier General Evander Law dispatches the 4th, the 15th, the 47th Alabama. Okay, 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 okay. I could do that, right? (laughs) Yeah, you could. Let's not. stopping me. I was about to go on and on and on. Thank you, thank you. My my Civil War brain clicks goes there, right? And uh, anyway, so there, you know, there's a group of men on Little Round Top and they are from the South, right? And um, uh, they're, they're heading up to Little Round Top. And just before this, there's a group that's being sent there. And they are the 20th Maine Division of the Union. And they're being led by a man named Joshua Chamberlain. And they are marching towards Gettysburg. And they hit a fork in the road. Mm-hmm. And they're lost. Which way do we go? And a mounted rider appears. And he says, kind of in an old-fashioned style uniform, and he says, you're going to go this way. Take this road. And they go, and and, and this guy even kind of leads the way a little bit. Okay. And he takes them up to the top of Little Round Top. And from there... They become the they meet up with some more soldiers, and the writer just kind of disappears. And his men find it odd and all this, but he meets up with the men he's supposed to meet up with. And then they tell him he is the extreme left flank of two miles of soldiers that the Union line has set up to defend this row of hills from the approaching Southern army that they don't know they know is out there. They've been fighting it for like a day but they don't know how big it is. They don't know who all it is. I think it's Jeb Stewart's cavalry, all this stuff. Um, so Chamberlain, you know, Colonel Chamberlain was like, you know, very much thank you for this writer getting us to where we need to be. Um, now, what's funny is Chamberlain wrote this in his diary. Okay. And a lot of other people- Did he have somebody else write it in his diary? No, this is actually him. Oh. This is actually him. Okay. 
But some of his other guys also wrote about the strange guy. Okay. That uh, one of them kind of mentions in his writings that he has a strange glow about him. Okay. And now, this is where history meets fiction and stuff. Some people say that the reader, he was the guy was in the old-fashioned uniform, and the reason he had a glow is he was a ghost, and that he was the ghost of none other than George Washington, who was leading these guys up the hill to where they will fight the most, you know, what many consider the most decisive battle of the three days of battles at Gettysburg. Okay. So... What happens is, is the Confederates try to march and roll the flank of the Union Army, and Chamberlain's up there with his 300 men, and they have to hold off the first massive assault okay. on the Union line. And he fights, and they fight, and they fight to the last bullet. And then when they're out of bullets, they do the most famous bayonet charge in history. They come swinging down the hill with a bayonet charge and mm-hmm. and just ah, fix bayonets, charge in, and literally took the Confederate soldiers by complete surprise. And they defeated 10 times their number. Uh, it, you know, it's very Henry V at the Battle of Agincourt level of madness. Now, afterwards. You know, the story of the 20th Maine at Little Round Top becomes probably one of the most famous stories of Gettysburg. It's very important part of the movie uh, uh, that they do later, you know, which is part of the book. Uh, okay. and Shelby Foote and many historians say this was the turning of the tide. This is what kept Gettysburg from falling to the bad guys. And, you know, so that's that's the story was George Washington did it. So now every, you know, people go, well, where's this coat? Well, you know, what happens with this? Well, after the war, uh, Chamberlain said, yeah, this guy was not of this earth. The guy who saved them, you know, who took them up to this mountain. Uh, and the Lincoln's secretary of war, a man named Edwin Stanton, actually went and investigated this incident okay and and um he asked chamberlain about it right Mm -hmm. he's like you know what what do you think and chamberlain said we know not what mystic power may be possessed by those who are now bivouacking with the dead Oh, I love that. Is that not amazing? That is amazing. So uh, no, no proper enough. Stanton himself got, you know, kind of caught up in all the political turmoil of Reconstruction. And um, so there was never any like published report on it and everything. And some people say, well, Chamberlain, who is a national hero by this point, he gets shot several more times over the years. He becomes you know, a hero of the Union, and he's sent out on several more battles. And, uh, you know, uh, he is known to kind of fictionalize some of his stuff. 
a little bit. So, you know, maybe this isn't 100% legit, you know. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those... I just love the bivouacking with the dead. I just think that, you know, again, these people during the wars and stuff like this is what I'm going to say. First of all, you can, in our travel is you could go visit the sites of the Battle of Gettysburg. You can go see reenactments of the Battle of Gettysburg. You can go cosplay. Hey, go cosplay George Washington's ghost. It'll make it even more entertaining. People were under a lot of stress and a lot of pressure, and there was a lot. We were in the middle of a war, you know? It was the middle of a civil war. And, um, you know, what people saw, how they saw it, what their version of it was, it's it's all very interesting that what where they're attributing it to, you know? But I I'm I'm pretty 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 sure it wasn't aliens that helped win that war. I'm just I think and, it was just rough and tumble guys who did the job. And now you were talking about reenactors, right? And we're talking about uh the movie a little bit. Well, the movie hired tons of reenactors because it was just the easiest thing to do and they didn't actually really hire them much. They just said, "Hey, we're filming a movie about Gettysburg." And so they showed up on mass because some war reenactors any excuse, right? And we're going to be filming it at Gettysburg. You're actually going to be able to go to these places. We're actually filming on Little Round Top. We're filming on this. So one day, while they're filming on Little Round Top, some of the extras, you know, are in reenactors' outfits, and they're up there, and they hear this rustling in the trees. And one of my favorite quotes is, "A rather haggard old man, in the uniform of a Union private, came upon them." And he was totally covered in dirt and he smelled like sulfur, which is black powder guns during Civil War. He's a lot of sulfur. And he spoke with a weird kind of accent. He's like, rough one today, eh, boys? And he proceeds to give them a handful of musket rounds. And they all notice these aren't the rounds for the props. And they go to get them checked out by the prop master and they're literally genuine musket rounds from around the 1860s. And of course this guy disappeared, right? He totally disappeared. Yes. So this just plays into our entire dimension shift thing that we've talked about, because I don't think that's a ghost. I mean, that could have just been playing out this war in a different dimension and slipped in and out so now that's um, weird now little round top is currently being remodeled it is closed to visitors they are restoring it because it is probably one of the most memorable places of the battlefield so they're actually finally putting protection up for the statues that have been erected there they're protecting some of the rocks that have carvings from actual survivors of the battle and stuff like that they're uh they're also going to put a proper trail up to it because it is a little tricky uh, to get up there. I am excited to see what they do. It's been closed since they were going to do it in 2020, and then it wound up winding up being pushed to 2021 for obvious reasons. And so it should reopen late 2023, maybe early 2024. But I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. Um, and you know, hopefully we can visit it for 
decades to come. Ghost hunters love Gettysburg. It is so many ghost stories and so many places you can hunt uh, for ghosts, uh, again, with proper reaching out and all that. Um, there are crowded times and less crowded times, so just be ready to, you know, it's not really one of those easy places to ghost hunt at. No, um, I agree. And I do want to throw out there so that nobody sends us angry emails. Right. Total casualties by war is um from what i'm this is from the business insider yeah uh one million eight hundred and eighty four thousand nine hundred and thirty eight total wounded missing in action non-combat deaths and combat deaths for the civil war the war and for world war ii it was one million seventy six thousand two hundred and forty five but there were way more non-combat deaths Yes. In the Civil War, and there were way more combat deaths in World War II. Right. So, just those are, are the two wars that we've lost, yeah, we lost the, the, most. the most in, um, with World War I being the next one with 320,518. So, um, yeah, still any loss of life is, is terrible. Um, and you know, yeah. it's it's one of those we 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 thank all those who serve, yeah, and uh, because hey, somebody's got to protect this 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 planet we live on and this wonderful yes. country we live in. And since the cosplay ghosts aren't doing it, um, yeah. we do appreciate all of the service out there. But you can go to Gettysburg. You can learn a ton of historical facts and be a person like Mark, and then you could reach out to him and he can talk Gettysburg facts that nobody else wants to listen to at nauseum. Yeah. So, um, but that it's very interesting. So George Washington and aliens, very yeah. cool. And ghosts. I mean, come on, this is, this is as good as it gets. And, uh, you know, uh, for other founding father ghosts, you know, Alexander Hamilton, you know, because of the play, everybody loves him. Uh, his ghost is in, uh, his 27 Jane street in Greenwich village. And okay. he's supposedly fascinated by modern technology. So a lot of poltergeist activity although he doesn't manifest. Uh, my favorite character from uh, history, Mad Anthony Wayne, General Wayne, uh, was a very bold leader of the Continental Army. And his ghost is seen because when he was moved from Valley Forge to his family plot in Radnor, Pennsylvania, some of his bones were lost in transit. And supposedly on the January 1st of every year, his birthday, his ghost searches Route 322 looking for his remains. Um, you know, you got to wow. love that. And then, of course, Mr. Thomas Jefferson himself, his ghost is seen often at Monticello, his old home, and um, in his self-designed plantation. And um, and I also hear whistling there, which is what he used to do all the time. So there you go. Lots of places to travel and visit. And Fourth go see July, can... ladies and gentlemen. Yes, go see a, a presidential ghost or one ghost masquerading as a presidential ghost, either way. Yep. So yep, yep, yep. until we can figure out ghostly cosplay, um, I think we got to wrap this episode, my friend. I, I think we do. So uh, down with the British and... Uh... <laughs> no, no. Oh, it gets in anymore? Okay, no, sorry. That is not an incorrect... That is an incorrect statement, my friend. All right, all right. Yeah, well, I do love Doctor Who, so... Uh, but uh, anyway... <laughs>
<laughs> on that note, ladies and gentlemen, go wear your tri-corner cap and uh, play some Yankee Doodle Dandy. And uh, we will see you on the other side. <laughs>